Hello and welcome to the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. This is the show where we talk about all things transportation, anything that gets you from here to there. I'm the traffic anchor as well as the transportation reporter for Denver 7 News, Jason Luber. If you would like to rinse, rate, and repeat the show uh, on any of uh, the podcast apps that you're listening to, I sure would appreciate that. And if you want to be a part of the show, you could also give me a call on the listener hotline at 303 832 0217. My other contact links are in the description of this program. OM goodness. Do you know what it is today? You know what this episode is? Do you realize what this episode is? It's number 300. Yeah, 300. This is the 300th episode of the world famous Driving You Crazy podcast. Did I, did I think I would ever get to 300? No, I did not. Did I, did I think I would make it past 50? No, I didn't. <laughs> did I think I could keep it going when former Denver 7 News producer Joseph Peters, who used to be the co-host uh, with me on this show, left before episode 150? No. Uh, did I think I would keep going during and after the pandemic? No. Uh, did I try to quietly quit the show once or twice? Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> uh, I, I guess kind of. Um, well, well, all that being said... Am I pleased that I made it here to episode number 300? Certainly I am. I definitely am pleased that we've made it to episode number 300. Will I make it to episode number 400? Not sure. Uh, no, no, not not sure at all, considering I published episode number 200 back on May 11th, 2021, 26 months ago. Uh, maybe I'll be able to get there. I mean, that's two years from now would be episode number 400, and, and presumably... Uh, four and a half or so years for episode number 500. And honestly, I, I either want to call it quits randomly, like on just some random episode, just one day I'm like, all right, I'm done. I'm just not going to do this anymore. Uh, and, and, or try to make it all the way to episode episode number 500 and then shut it down. I, I do like uh, like finishing on uh, round numbers. I, I like uh, clean breakaways. But you never know. This could just go, all right, I'm done. And then be <laughs> it could be episode 371, and, and then it's over. I don't know. Um, but look, I'm just a guy sitting in my basement right now alone talking to myself while my kids are upstairs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I'm fortunate enough to talk to other people, uh, but today is not that day. Uh, I am very fortunate to talk to a lot of great people, a lot of great guests, and it, it, it has been fantastic to talk to so many interesting people along the way. Uh, really, I, I've done some what I thought have been some very good interviews, a couple of bad interviews, um, not not because of me, of course, um, <laughs> but it, it has been quite the ride. And you know what? I've, I've learned uh, quite a bit about uh, about things, and, and I hope you have too, and I've, I've learned a bit about myself, and I, and I hope you have too, um, and I'd like to learn more about um, other things in the future. So uh, that, that's really why I like to do it. I really like to talk to guests and, and get their perspective on different things. And, and so if, as, lo as long as that keeps happening, then uh, I guess we'll keep on going all the way marching to episode, well, I guess we'll look forward to episode number 301 before I look forward to number 500. Uh, really what I wanted to do today is go through a couple of recent driving you crazy stories that I have written and put on TV, and also a couple of stories that have been dropped into my email uh, inbox, like this one. Did you know that a new study shows that going straight is the deadliest driving maneuver? Uh, this according to a study from personal injury lawyers, the Zinda Law Group. 
I do not know where the Zinda Law Group is, but uh, they, they, I get these uh, emails from this one group, uh, like this PR agency all the time, and they represent different law groups around the country, and, and they'll do these random facts like this, and uh, they just grab something, uh, some info from the... Uh, National uh, Highway Transportation uh, Administration, and then what they do, or you know, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, and what they do is uh, th- then they put together a little uh, silly news story, thinking that I- I'm going to be on TV and I'm going to mention their name, and they're going to get free advertising out of it. Um, that's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to mention it here uh, because I because I should tell you wh- where this this information came from. But that's that's the last we're going to mention of the Zinda Law Group. Uh, but they do add that three out of the four fatal crashes in Michigan and Massachusetts have happened while the driver has been going straight ahead. They also say that negotiating a curve in either with, uh, Montana, Vermont, and New Hampshire, that is the most dangerous driving maneuver there, uh, causing every third deadly accident. Now, going straight, negotiating a curve, and turning left, they say are the three most common driving maneuvers before a deadly crash in 47 states. What about the other three? No clue. Um, I, I did Well, <laughs> maybe a clue. Uh, we'll go look at that here in just a minute. Now, the research focused on driving maneuvers that led to fatal crashes involving two cars or less. It evaluated incidents that occurred between 2017 and 2021 as registered with the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. The least risky maneuvers, here we go, in the U.S. is parking in a travel lane, merging and backing up from any position other than parking. Uh, um, so why are you backing up if it's not from parking? Backing up, not from parking. Let me think about it. So you have to be going straight, I guess, and then you stop, and then you start backing up, and you're not parked? I mean, sir, that... Huh. All right, I'll just go with it. Uh, I've been getting a lot of these kind of emails, like I said, that are tra- uh, you know attributed to some random law firm across the country. And I have asked for interviews, and they always say no because nobody really is is a what they say is nobody is available. Basically, what they say is nobody's available because they're not doing the research. Or they have some joker uh, at one of these PR agencies that says, uh, "Oh yeah, let's just grab a couple of random facts from the uh, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and and, and attribute it, and, and then have one of our lawyers uh, give us a soundbite." And uh, and there you go. And there's a news story, and then some. Uh, unsuspecting producer in some small market station is going to be putting it on TV. Well, I am not that guy. I am smarter than that. I am high-minded when it comes to news and this product. Uh, Anyway, uh, (laughs) so there's that. And then there's this. The editors of insurance.com say that Arizona, California, and Alabama have America's best license plates. They attribute a survey of U.S. drivers conducted by insurance.com, surveying 1,000 drivers asking for the best-looking license plate in the country. Now, they added some commentary to the top five, so, uh, so I'll do those first. So coming in at number five is Connecticut. Now, Connecticut features what they say is one of the more straightforward approaches to a license plate, utilizing simple blue background with the outline of the states shaped in the, you know, the top left there, Constitution State ri- written along the bottom. Um, the people that responded to the survey seem to appreciate the simple, clean approach of the plate. Number four is Arkansas. Now, the Arkansas plate shows a shimmering diamond against the light blue background, 
Uh, I guess it reminds drivers that the state is home to the nation's largest diamond-producing region, where you can actually walk around this one field and look for diamonds. And some people have pulled out some big ones out of there. And I think it's all for free. You just pick up your diamonds and off you go. Um, People who pick that plate like the color scheme and its clean, simple design. Alabama is number three, as their standard license plate features a golden sunset reflecting the ocean horizon, casting a glow over the sandy beach with a sun umbrella in the foreground. Uh, (laughs) Because their coastline is so long and large there in Alabama. Uh, 65% of the respondents who picked Alabama said they liked the plate's uh, slogan. And what is their slogan, you wonder? It's called Share the Wonder. Um, Also, they've had uh, slogans like Stars Fell on Alabama and Sweet Home Alabama. Okay, time to move on to (laughs) number two, California. Uh, The state's name is stylized in the red lettering against the white background, capturing that famous California cool. Perhaps the best way to describe the standard California license plate is simple and elegant, says Steve Gordon, director of California's Department of Motor Vehicles. The color contrast is great, and it's easy to read. Eh, it's also kind of boring. Uh, And the number one, according to the Insurance.com survey, is Arizona. The plate features four iconic saguaro cacti silhouetted against a golden sunset with a tagline, Grand Canyon State. Um, uh, It's a teal-colored plate. Along the uh, top of the plate is reminiscence of the state's gem, the turquoise. Uh, Survey respondents who picked the plate say they were attracted by the imagery and the design captured uh, that the that it captured the state's spirit. Now, rounding out the top ten in order are number six, Colorado, then Hawaii, who has the rainbow, then Alaska, Florida, and Texas. Texas, Texas is just basically like plain or plain white, like off white, like an eggshell white, and actually kind of looks dirty to me most of the time. So that uh, all right, and then the rest of the top twenty are Idaho, New York, Minnesota. Utah, Illinois, New Mexico, Washington, Delaware, Georgia, and coming in at number 20, North Dakota. Sorry if your state did not make that list from insurance.com. All right. Well, the very latest driving you crazy question that has come into me is one that I thought was a, well, slap my hand to my forehead dumb when I read it for the first time. The question came into my Twitter feed, and and the person said this. Can anyone tell by this sign, it's street sweeping day. Uh, She sent me a picture of this tree branch blocking a parking sign. She continues saying, I appealed the $50 ticket and was denied. I don't live in this neighborhood, so how would I know? Do better at City of Denver. Hey, at Denver7Travic, which is my Twitter handle. If trees are obstructing the view of a sign, what are the rules for that? This is the point of the story that I literally looked at my Twitter feed and said, really? This is the question? Seriously? (laughs) Well, because I'm a snarky guy, and my first reaction was not so polite. So so I took a deep breath, and and I decided to respond this way. I said, my guess is that the judge said, you you need to look past the tree uh, to see the sign. And from your picture, I, I could see most of the sign, but if it were me and I didn't know the neighborhood, I would get up closer and make sure I understand the rules before parking and then come back with a saw and cut the tree branch down. 
Uh, by the way, where was this so I can go take a look for myself? Uh, she responded saying, thank you for the reply. Yeah, I mistakenly assumed there were not signs above the visible sign. It was East 4th Avenue between University and Circle Drive. I was just trying to get my to my dentist appointment. So, you know, being the man I am, I decided to put on my big J journalism hat and uh, approach this question with the seriousness that she asked it. And, and, and so this is how the story came out. I wrote, the general rule is you need to understand the parking restrictions along any particular street before leaving your car there. I went out to that block in Denver's Country Club neighborhood to take a look for myself. I saw the exact same tree you saw, and yes, I saw the large branch that was covering the view of the parking sign from the street parking area. It's only long enough to hold three, maybe four vehicles. While I wasn't able to see that sign clearly through my windshield, I got out of my car and was able then to maneuver around the tree to see the sign. Standing in front of the sign, I could see the street sweeping days are the first Thursdays of the month between April and November. Plus, there's a duplicate sign at the start of the block, about 50 feet away from the vegetation block sign that was not obscured. If you weren't able to easily read the western sign, you could have clearly seen the easternmost sign, especially since you had to walk that way to see your dentist. I asked the folks at the Denver's Department of Transportation and Infrastructure how a driver should handle this situation. They told me drivers are responsible for where they choose to park and following parking rules. This means scanning the street or parking area for what is allowed. They also passed along this, Denver's Municipal Code 57-21. Now, when I look that one up, it deals with the removal of dead or dangerous trees, limbs, or shrubs. It says in part, quote, the responsible party shall remove any live, dead, or dying tree, limb, or shrub that is blocking a street triangle or traffic sign causing a potential traffic hazard, unquote. Now, the Department of Transportation and Infrastructure added that this means it is the responsibility of the property owner to maintain the trees on their public right-of-way and adjacent to their property, which includes making sure traffic signs are visible. If made aware of such a situation like this, the city forester may order the property owner to remove any such tree, limb, or shrub. And I said you can report this tree that is blocking the parking sign or any obscuring vegetation to Denver's 311. It's a number uh, anybody in the city can call. Uh, it's like 911, but you dial 311 and it's information for the city. And that way a city inspector can address this issue with the property owner. Bottom line, I finished the story saying if you can't read the parking sign from your car, no matter what the reason... You should get out and read it from the sidewalk. Uh, and on TV, I improvised, and I said, you should get out and read it from your feet. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was a pretty good, I thought that was a pretty good line. Uh, are there any dumb questions in the world? Some say no. I say this was pretty close, but I'm glad I did the story. I didn't know about the vegetation requirements about the property owners and the homeowners that have to take care of it. So that was, that was a plus. Um, but still, seriously. If you're if you're gonna say the tree was blocking the view of my sign and and I just had to park, they knew what the they were just. I mean, some people just try to get away with anything they can. Give an inch, take a mile. Get a branch, take a tree. Uh, another very recent driving you crazy story I published is about some new technology that's designed to catch drivers who weave in in out of our uh, express toll lanes here in Metro Denver and up in our uh, mountain communities. It, it's a real problem, not because I care about the tolls. I don't. 
but because there are daily crashes caused from people weaving in and out of the fast lane into a slower lane, and they just don't know how to judge speed and distance and stopping power correctly, and we get wrecks nearly every single day from people doing this. So here's how the story came to me. It was Michael from Denver who wrote to me saying, what's driving you crazy? This thing on C-470 west of Quebec, what are these things? Now, Michael included a picture of this pole uh, with what looks like a security camera on top, a solar panel up there too, and then on the bottom there uh, of the pole is a large box. It's all in black, and on the box it says Blissway. So here's what I wrote. I said, those things, Michael, are part of a new express lane enforcement system that is intended to help CDOT, which is the Colorado Department of Transportation, catch drivers who illegally zip in and out of the express lanes on C-470. You can see a picture and video attached to the story on Denver7.com is what I wrote, and, and you can too. Uh, if you want to go to Denver7.com, you just find the driving crazy story. Uh, you go to the left side menu uh, for Denver 7 traffic, and then you click on Driving You Crazy. And there you're going to find all my Driving You Crazy stories. Okay, back to this story. Sitting on top of the metal pole that's anchored to the median wall is a camera and solar panel, and that camera is one of many above-ground cameras that watches drivers roll along the express lane and C-470 identify the ones who weave in and out of the tolled lanes when they're not supposed to. Those pole cams, along with sensors and AI-assisted software, were set up by a company called Blissway. The company says the combination of their technology make up an automated license plate reading system that, when paired with their vehicle occupancy verification technology, will deliver near-perfect lane enforcement and occupancy validation. Try saying that five times fast. The company says the cameras can capture data from the front and rear of a vehicle, and from multiple angles and multiple locations. Quote, the Blissway system is extremely, extremely effective like no other system we have observed before. See, that's Tim Hoover tells me. Tim uh, is uh, one of the people that helps uh, talk about these things to the media and also helps uh, CDOT uh, operate this thing and, and uh, basically works with the uh, enforcement arm there of these express lanes. He again says, quote, yes, it can see through license plate covers, even tinted ones. Yes, it can read temporary tags. We are trying to tell people if they think they can continue to break the law, they are going to be in for a rude surprise. Recently, the same Blissway camera sensor and AI technology already in place along the I-70 Mountain Express lanes was activated and is already capturing images from the cameras to identify offenders so a citation can be sent to the registered owner of the vehicle. Up in the mountains, uh, up just west of Denver, they turned a shoulder, the left shoulder area, into a, a sometimes express lane. And so it is a, um, it's only open certain times. It can only be open a certain number of days of the year. Uh, and so they typically wait for the weekends to open this thing up. Otherwise, it's a shoulder, a uh, highway shoulder, that if there's a breakdown, you, you can pull into it. But some people just drive in it when it's not supposed to be driven in, when it's technically closed, but there's no gates that keep people out. And people weave in and out all the time. And so it, it is inherently dangerous. And the charge for that thing is really expensive. I think it starts at eight bucks at the minimum and then goes up from there. It, I've seen it up to like 20 something dollars to use that express lane. Uh, and so that's what they do there. But here in Metro Denver, they have all these other express lanes on some of the highways because instead of adding, so for adding capacity, they add a, a, a tolled lane, an express lane, and not an extra free lane uh, because. Uh, so, <laughs> so there's that. All right, so back to the story. 
where Tim Hoover says, quote, we do not want to see lots of people, though they are a small minority of otherwise law-abiding safe drivers on the express lanes, get fines. We just want people to stop driving unsafely, unquote. Now, on the Blissway website, the company states, quote, today's roadside toll collection architecture consists of gantries over highways and windshield transponders in vehicles, a legacy system that's 10% software and 90% hardware. Blissway says they flipped the ratio by avoiding the use of transponders and readers for small brainy devices at the side of the road. They call them wireless autonomous lane enforcers or WALLEs and large-scale cloud data analytics. The company says their technology can identify and track every vehicle on the road and guarantee to perform at or better than existing roadside toll collection systems. In a pitch to CDOT to test their technology, Blissway stated that their major benefits include maintaining free flow conditions 24-7 in the express lane, up to a doubling in lane capacity during rush hour, benefiting drivers in both express lanes as well as general purpose lanes, and increasing average vehicle occupancy by incentivizing carpooling and public transit. Blissway's co-founder, Francisco Torrealba, was reported to have said, Blissway is about how to solve traffic congestion for good. I reached out to Franco. I sent him several emails, and he finally responded back to me as I wanted to ask him more about the technology and how he plans to, quote, solve traffic congestion. But he refused at every level to uh, be interviewed, whether it was for this. I tried to get him on this program, uh, and I tried to just get him answer questions, and he refused uh, my uh, questions. So I didn't get uh, any more information on how he plans to solve traffic congestion for good. All right, back to the story. The answer might lie in the patent application for Blissway's dynamic determination of highway toll prices. Tori Alba makes references several times in the application to an automated highway reservation platform, which he says would allow drivers to reserve a place in the express lane. Quote, in one embodiment, uh, the system receives on a client device associated with a user, basically a person who's going to be traveling in the express lane, to the destination from the user's location and identifies one or more highway sections that are reservable along the optimal route. What you're hearing about is their idea to reserve express lanes and spaces in it for drivers who will pay and, and, and basically make a reservation for it. So it continues saying the system determines the price estimate for reserving the highway sections in order for the user to travel in a vehicle along the optimal route. The system receives an acceptance of the price estimate from the client device and then reserves the one or more highway sections for the user based on the price estimate. Now, how well a system like that would work, how much it would ultimately cost, none of that was disclosed. When I went through the uh, application and, th and this, yeah, I did read the patent application for their highway system, and it was pretty fascinating to to look at all of the technology that they have going into this thing. And it um, and and they basically do want to say, all right, so you're going to use the toll section on these different highways. We're going to reserve a space for you. It's going to cost you this much money. Pay us now, and then you can get in. And and I don't know if it excludes other people. Maybe you get a discount for doing that. It They weren't real uh, clear on that. But it seems like that's the way they want to go. 
All right, back to my story. One of the ways Blissway wants to collect driver data is through your mobile phone. In a video posted on the company's website, a simulated driver goes through the steps via text messages to verify how many passengers are in the vehicle as well as the make, model, color, and license plate of the vehicle before the driver leaves for the commute. Now, once the driver is in the express lane and is identified by the Blissway technology, they might receive a phone call to their cell phone to conduct a verbal verification of the previous texted information, including a verification of how many passengers are in the vehicle. Now, the voice prompt in the video asked all the passengers in the vehicle, including the driver, to repeat a phrase. They all did it at the same time. Because once the computer hears all the voices and can recognize all the different voices, that's how it verifies that all passengers are in the vehicle that were said to be in the vehicle. And then the automated voice verifies, hangs up, and 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 you are now verified for having, let's say, two or three or four people in the vehicle to use it as an HOV lane. There is no demonstration or information from the company available as to what happens if the voice verification system is not satisfied with how many people they think are in the car. CDOT says this part of the Blissway technology is still being examined, adding they have not made any decisions about using that part yet. In a memo, CDOT memo, to the board of directors, Blissway says other transportation agencies are interested in this technology, including transportation corridor agencies, North Carolina Turnpike Authority, Washington State Department of Transportation, Tampa Hillsborough Expressway Authority, and Riverside County Transportation Commission. Now, I'm told that CDOT doesn't have a firm date start yet, firm date uh, to start using that Blissway technology in Metro Denver, or on, uh, on any of the highways in Metro Denver. But they do hope to activate that system simultaneously on all of the highways later this summer, early fall. But for all of you in all these other states, if you have similar express lanes that you are able to weave in and out, you don't have bollards that separate the express lane or HOV lane from the rest of the highway like I've seen down in Florida, this system will be coming your way. And this system will be charging people right now it's $75, uh, the fine is, if they catch you weaving in and out, avoiding the toll, or crossing the double white lines. That fine goes up to $150 if it's not paid, the fine not paid by uh, 20 days. They have the option, I think, to go even all the way up to $300, $250 or $300, uh, but they have not gone that way yet. And you might say, well, isn't this like a photo radar ticket where you have to be served by a police officer in order to pay it? Like uh, I, I, I routinely have talked about this, where if you get a photo radar ticket, a speed ticket from one of the radar vans, you don't have to tick, uh, pay it because you have to be served that citation, which is a summons to court, basically. Um, and since you're not being given that uh, by a representative, an officer of the court, if you will, with a police officer, it's being sent to you in the mail. They can't prove that it was sent to the right person, that it was actually you. You have the right to face your accuser in court and all of this stuff. And so that's why you, you don't have to pay. And lawyers have said you don't have to pay the photo radar ticket. Well, these tickets are something completely different. Um, because you are in their told lane, their express lane told lane, it's different than the speed enforcement. Um, and so they can send you the civil 
penalty of $75 and you do have to pay it and they will send it to collections if you don't. And it will be uh, used to hold your registration. And if you go to get your registration and you haven't paid your fines yet, you will not be able to uh, register your car or re-register it, get your license plate tags or, or stickers, whatever you need until you do pay that extra fine. And so they are adamant about this and it'll be interesting to see in the next couple of months how much money they collect on this thing and how well it's uh, working but they're just uh, they've just turned it on in the last couple of weeks of the, as of this recording uh, up in the mountains and they're catching all kinds of people it was like 5000 people in the month they tested it so uh, they are going to be rolling in some money and i'm sure the uh, dot is all happy about that i'm not happy about it but hey uh, as long as it does keep people from weaving in and getting into crashes. That's what I care about. Uh, I don't, I don't care about them collecting money. I would rather them use that fine money, uh, for other roadway improvements, but goodness, you don't know where that money's going to go. Uh, anyway, I, 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 you can read all of these different stories, my driving you crazy stories again on denver7.com. You go to the left side menu, you got to click on the three lines there and it brings up the menu and down to the, uh, lower third, you'll see Denver seven traffic and click that. And then you'll see a section for driving you crazy. And that's where all my driving you crazy stories are. And you can go back years and see all the crazy driving you crazy stories that have come into me. Uh, and I'm still amazed that my little program here is 300 episodes old. Uh, that is a lot of candles. I don't have that many candles to put on an episode. Uh, put on a uh, episode cake. Um, <laughs> the pilot episode was published. Get this, back on November 2nd, 2016, almost seven years ago. And I've been averaging about 45 episodes every year. That's quite a few. I mean, you're talking missing maybe five to six to seven episodes every year. Uh, and, and I think what's that, that's even more remarkable than actually doing this for almost seven years. And even more remarkable than all of that is that this show is routine, routinely heard in m- many places around the world. That's why I call it the world famous Driving You Crazy podcast. And obviously we're he- heard most often here in the United States. But here, here are some of the, my more, most recent downloads from different countries. Ireland is on the uh, top of the list, actually. Uh, Canada, Germany, the UK, Australia, Netherlands, Spain, France, India, Kazakhstan, Serbia. Uh, I'll go through Hong Kong, Israel, Japan, Brazil, Ukraine. I'm actually getting downloads from Ukraine. Uh, Denmark, Sweden, Mexico, Russia. Hi, Vladimir. Um, glad you're enjoying listening to the Driving You Crazy podcast. Uh, Philippines, <laughs> Morocco, Norway, Bangladesh, South Korea, Belgium, Austria, uh, Greece, Poland, Vietnam, Taiwan, Turkey, Thailand, uh, Turks and Caicos, where, which uh, is, is nice to be in the Caribbean. Uh, Sudan, Portugal, Macedonia, Pakistan, Hungary. Uh, Finland, Estonia, Costa Rica, where else? Chile, Brazil, Belize, uh, Bosnia, Herzegovina, and South Africa. And several from what Podbean, who is the host of this program, says is an unknown location. So maybe the hinterlands of the globe. Uh, maybe it was Antarctica. I don't know. Let, let, let's hope. Maybe maybe we can reach every single continent. It sounds like we have. I, I always say it at the end of each episode. But I I really do mean it. Thanks for being here. Thank you for listening. Thanks for all your feedback. And until next time, I'm Jason Luber, the Traffic Guy. Be safe and, as always, happy motoring.